Small business owners and solo entrepreneurs, you are going to love this episode. I'm talking with Rocky Lavani, and we're talking about Profit First, which is a cash management system for small businesses, for solo entrepreneurs, for medium-sized businesses. Any, really, any business can benefit from this system. I've, I've taken elements of it and incorporated it into my own businesses. I haven't mastered it yet for sure, but you need to listen to this episode. It's fantastic. I, I can't wait to share it with you. Let's jump right into it. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today I've got Rocky Lalvani with me today, and he is a certified profitability advisor. That sounds fantastic. For business owners, he teaches them how to ensure they get paid and make a profit a priority. Love it. As a certified Profit First professional, he implements Mike Michalowicz's Profit First system. We change the accounting formula of sales minus expenses equals profit to sales minus profit equals expenses. This ensures that our profit comes first. Rocky, I love the sound of that. I I first uh, found Profit First, I think, on the podcast, oh, maybe about a year ago, and I've kind of been inconsistent at listening lately. But I, I love the podcast. I love what Profit First is about. Why don't you kind of give us a little of your background, who you are, how you came to be somebody who got interested in the Profit First system? Sure. So I'm an immigrant to the United States. I came here when I was a little kid. My parents were starting over for the second time in life. And when you do that, you know, you start at the bottom of the economic ladder, the wrong side of the tracks. (laughs) But, you know, over time, they and their friends started to have success and started to live the American dream. One of the things that they would do, though, is they'd get together with their friends and they would talk about life and money. So it wasn't unusual, you know, someone say, oh, I bought a new car. Oh, what did you buy? How much did it cost? Like blunt financial conversations. So I just grew up talking about money. I didn't realize that was taboo. I didn't realize most people weren't learning about money and that this wasn't uh, the norm. And it wasn't until much later in life, looking backwards, that I started to piece it all together. Um, But, you know, traditional, um, as a kid in high school, I was very entrepreneurial. I would. I lived in Jersey, and we'd go into New York City and buy stuff, mark it up double, and sell it to my friends. So always making go. a buck. I was the kid who always had a stack of cash in his pocket. Like, I was living a good life, paper route, you know, all the traditional stuff. I knew as a kid I wanted to be wealthy, um, just seeing the the other side of the tracks. And so I would always be listening and and learning about how do you build wealth? How do you do these different types of things? Um, Went to college because I was told to, had no desire to go to college. But, you you know, that was the track we were put on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Got out of college and actually started working because I couldn't figure out how to make my business ideas work. So think about this. This is now the late 80s. Um, spreadsheets are just coming about. Like I, I started on VisiCalc, which is the big 
before Excel and Lotus <laughs> one, two, three and all of that stuff. I was like, I'll build spreadsheets for people. Like I was doing this in college for work, but right. I didn't know how to market it. I didn't even know the value of the ability to take data and analyze it. Cause back then you really couldn't, right. You know, the computers weren't as mainstream yeah. and as, as much as they are today. It was much more manual process. It was much more manual, but I didn't understand that all of these fancy computers couldn't analyze data and they were taking all the data out of the fancy computer and putting it in Excel. And then they needed somebody in Excel to figure out what it said. Well, that's mm -hmm. what I do. Like, that's my thing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just went on to build wealth on my own because I, I always had this thing in the back of my head when you read the the Wall Street Journal as a kid, you know, about every seven years and more often back then, we would go into a, uh, a recession. We haven't mm. had one of those in a while. It's going to be eye opening. Yeah. yeah. Every time we'd go into a recession, there'd be an article of some guy who was in his early 50s with a couple of kids who lost his really fancy job and how he went broke. And I was like, I will never be that person. <laughs> like, I want to build wealth so that if we go into a recession and I'm 50 something years old, I can say, screw you and walk away. And so yeah. I did that. I, I built the processes to do that. Those are the same processes of Profit First. That's why I joined Profit First. I'm like, oh, this is how I built my wealth. This is the same thing. We just changed the language for business owners. So it was a perfect right. switch over into that. Um yeah. But that's the background story. You know, you, you pay yourself first, you set it aside, you let it compound and you let it grow. And wealth is a natural byproduct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I like the, I like how you came about kind of a natural progression through what'd you say? You started back in, in grade school, you know, the, the entrepreneurial thing and just let that continue to grow. As you learn, you mentioned something that I want to ask you about. You said, as you as you wanted to build wealth, you you started listening to things to help you understand how money works and and how to grow wealth. What were some of the things that were influential in in uh, kind of the strategies that you use today and leading you to how you how you use money? So back then, um, the major source of information was AM radio. <laughs> and there'd always be a financial show on on the weekend. So I think that's where I would listen to a lot of these conversations. The thing that I think that I missed all the way along was they were there was a piece missing from what they weren't telling people. So take Dave Ramsey, right? Dave Ramsey goes, debt is bad. Okay, that's bad. I get it. Buy your houses people. for cash. And I'm sitting here going, all right, if I save up all my money and I buy a house for cash, right, and I rent it out, I'm going to make like, I don't know, let's say 10 grand a year. Well, it's going to take me another 10 years to buy the next house. Yeah. Something's missing here. And then after I went down and spent time with Dave, I figured out what it was. Dave's got a business that makes millions of dollars a year that throws off excess cash that he goes and parks in real estate. But he didn't say start a business, generate tons mm. of cash, let that cash get thrown off and then go invest the cash to build capital and, and do that. That was the missing piece. And I think gotcha. that was the missing piece in most of the stuff that we were listening to. 
Oh, start a business. Well, starting a business is hard. Like, how do you generate that much cash? How do you build it up to that level? Um, I think that was kind of the missing part. It's a lot easier today because so much information. Back then, information was gold, right? Today, mm-hmm. information's everywhere. Yeah. It's easier than ever to market today uh, than it was. Yeah, it's more crowded, but it's still, you can market to the whole world. You could never do that before. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and and we could talk about starting businesses all all day, but today we're focused on the finance side of that. And a, a lot of small business owners, me included, as as I learn how to grow a business, struggle with managing our finances as we build and grow. Where does someone start? Like what's the difference between a a top line and bottom line and where do you focus when you're starting out? So let's talk about where everyone does focus, right? Everyone focuses on sales and they talk about how much money they made. I can tell you that if you're listening to anything on the internet, right? Oh, I did seven figures last year. Okay. I'm going to tell you the truth. I've seen their books. I, I see their numbers. They might have had seven figures. You know how much money they made? <laughs> not much. Not much. Seven figures came and most of it went. <laughs> if not all of it, right? That's the reality of the situation. So a lot of people talk about top line. Top line to us is vanity. That's nice. Mm-hmm. How much did you keep, which is the bottom line? What was your profit? And how much of it was yours to keep? Now, people also get confused. They think profit equals cash. Profit does not equal cash. Those are two separate things. So the real question is, how much cash did you get? How much are you able to take out of the business for your lifestyle while still keeping your business healthy? And that's not easy to do. Most business owners don't have that answer until tax time when they sit down with their, their tax person and the tax person says, congratulations, this is how much money you made. And they have two questions. Where is that money? And how am I supposed to pay those taxes? (laughs) And the answer is you spent it. And well, you know, either you write a big check, which shocks most new business owners, or, you know, you do offer and compromise with the IRS and you're paying forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's where people are. What we do with profit first is it's kind of like creating buckets. It, it's the same thing as the envelope system. So right. if you've heard okay. Dave Ramsey, if you've heard all these other people, they all talk about the envelope system or back in the day, parents had jars where they put their money. Same concept. When your money comes in into your business, that's your revenue. Take your money and split it up. Take money and put it in your profit jar. Take money, put it in your pay jar, right? Because you do deserve to get paid, right? Market value, something most business, see, hopefully most (laughs) business owners are not paying themselves their true worth. And then put money in the tax jar because the IRS comes, they have guns and they can take your bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And then put the money in the spending jar for your what you can spend on your business. Now, we're not going to use jars. We're going to use bank accounts. So we'll literally set up a bunch of bank accounts and our money will come in. And on a set basis, we'll put it in the appropriate bank accounts. 
And then this way we know how much we truly have to spend on the business. We're not spending our profit. We're not spending our paychecks or our spouses yelling at you. You know, you had seven figures. I saw you on Instagram. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how does that work? Like in, in when, when the rubber hits the road, how does that work? How do you make the determination how much goes into each jar? Because if you, if you take your profit, put that aside and you put your pay and you put all of those things aside and you have the, say I'm in construction. So you have the, the expenses for the material that you got to buy. What happens if you don't all- allocate enough for that? Well, then you mispriced your job, didn't you? <laughs> Pretty well. Yeah. So I think the first thing that's that that's telling you right now is, oh, you have a pricing problem. So now we have to go back and look at how did you price out your construction job? And did you do you have the right price of material? So COVID hit, right? What happened to a two by four? <laughs> yep. Three dollars to ten dollars. <laughs> well, there's a hundred two five fours on this job. So what was three hundred dollars or well? 100, 300 now goes yeah. to, you know, thousand dollars. Yeah. So, A, did you keep up with pricing? Um, B, did you appropriately allocate for your time on the job? Okay. Mm-hmm. I know you construction people. I know you tell me it's going to get done in four hours. You're lying to yourselves. <laughs> okay. Let's budget eight hours of time. So let's build eight into there. Let's take our material cost. And let's multiply it by 1.1. So let's put a 10% buffer in because you mismeasured or you screwed up or you eyeballed it. Like, okay, always. (laughs) Um, And then if the customer changes his mind, don't forget charge for change orders. Um, And then let's review. How did that actually go against what you expected? And when you do your pricing up front, you should know what your profit is, right? You should know that you're able to pay yourself for those four hours, correct? Because it's in the proposal. So that money is there. If it's not there, you screwed up. And you screwed up with the proposal because that's when you were not profitable. And Hmm. I think that's what most people don't do. Yeah. Yeah, especially as as prices of the material skyrockets, you know, you you don't want all of your customers to have that crazy sticker shock because you know, your prices have gone up and, and you can't afford to build a deck for what you could build it for two years ago. And uh, yeah, it's, it creates a true, I'm not even sure what to call it. It's, it's a problem for sure in the construction world, <laughs> pricing yourself out of it. So how do you, what is the, the equation for profitability? Like say you come in, to a, a, a contractor, you go to talk to him and he's like, look, I'm not making any money. Help me out here. Where do you guys start? So I, the equation that we use, most people use sales minus expenses equals profit, which is profit is a leftover that you find mm-hmm. out at tax time. It's the crumbs yeah. left on the table. <laughs> we say sales minus profit equals expenses. So we constrain it. Now, in construction, we do this a little bit different, and it's specific to construction. In construction, I'm going to say, okay, more often than not in construction, you're probably doing um, invoicing on a certain time frame. So like 35% up front, 
you know, we're 40% up front, 40%, 50% when you start working, and then 10% when everything's complete. So here is the joy of doing this. What we tend to tell people is your first draw should go to cover all your materials. Right. So they hand you a check. You put the money aside in your in your materials account, not in your bank account where you spend it (laughs) in the materials account. And then when you go buy the materials, the money is there for materials. So the first draw covers your materials. The second draw covers your overhead. So that's the money that goes into your account to cover your phone and your office and your tools. By the way, I know how you guys spend on tools. You know, it's a constant talk. <laughs> I get it. Right. So the next thing goes. Tax deductions. <laughs> tax, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and there it is. Right. Um, oh, it's a tax deduction. Yeah. No, it's your dinner. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's your profit. Right. So the second draw goes into that bucket and then that's what covers all your overhead. And then what you do that, that last 10%, just put that straight in your profit account and you guarantee 10% profit all the time. And if you've Mm -hmm. done your stuff right, all those accounts will match up. Now, if you run out of money in the materials account, you know, there's a problem because something went wrong. Go fix it. We all make mistakes figure out where it went wrong. Yeah. And profit in this case, is that business profit or that goes towards what you pay yourself as the owner? No, that's profit for the business. Okay. That's yeah. not your pay. That's your different... pay comes out of that operating amount. Yeah. You're paying okay. yourself a salary. No, this is profit. Right. Business okay. is supposed to be profitable. You invested in this business. You deserve a return on your investment. That's what profit is. Yeah. You go on Shark Tank, right? Do they do they expect a return? Yeah. Why don't Hopefully, you? Yeah. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Most should. most people don't go about business that way. Is how you know, a lot of times when people start out with a business, you mentioned earlier, you know, it takes money to start and maybe you don't often have the time and the resources to to do the research to start it off properly, what's the what's the best way to implement the profit first system as a new business owner? When say you don't know somebody that that is a consultant or that could help you set it up, where are there some quick and easy resources to get started with? Well, I mean, you can always read the profit first book. There's even a profit first book for construction. Mm. Like, so there's one for construction to explain to you the difference between margin and markup and how all that stuff works out. Um, But honestly, this is back of the napkin stuff. Sit down and say, okay, if I price out this project, how much is materials? Let's put that aside for materials. How much is my overhead, including my pay? Right. So what's my pay? Let's put that in the pay account. Right. Out of that job. Mm And then this is to cover the running of the business and my tool fetish. So that goes in that (laughs) account. And then this is supposed to be the profit on the job. So we'll put that in the profit account. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's a napkin. Like you, when you do your proposal, you already know what the numbers are. Just do what you said you were going to do. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you keep attacking me with with the tool thing. I, I'm not it's sure not why. You, it's every single <laughs> construction guy. All my buddies, every one of them. We love our tools. That's you know sure. what else they love? What's a new that? truck. I need a new truck. Here's <laughs> the thing, you know, and they got to get the fancy truck, the hundred thousand dollar truck, right? Mm. So here's the thing, and I want you to understand this: you buy a hundred thousand dollar truck, and you have a ten percent profit margin. You need to sell a million dollars of business to pay for that truck. Wow. That's a lot of work to pay for that truck. That is. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. We have a joke. The nicer the truck, the faster they go bankrupt. <laughs> and that's probably true. That's, that's very true. What You mentioned Parkinson's law. What What is that? And what does that have to do with business? I know what Parkinson's disease is. I don't know what Parkinson's yeah, law is. Totally, totally <laughs> different. So, yeah. Let, right. When, when you go to somebody as a construction guy, right. And you say, I want to remodel my kitchen. So what are the two questions you ask? What's your budget? And what's your time frame? Well, that's what Parkinson's law is. Parkinson's law says whatever the budget and time frame is, you'll use it all up plus 10% more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so here's the thing, though. If you go to remodel the kitchen and they say 50,000 in six weeks, it'll take 50,000 in six weeks. But what if they tell you I, my budget's 25,000 and I've got three weeks? Can you do it? Yeah, you can do it. Is it going to be the same kitchen? No, it's not going to be the same kitchen. But you'll you'll constrain yourself and figure out how to do it. Mm. Well, same thing happens in your business. When you constrain how much time and money you have, you learn to be more resourceful. You learn to figure out how to live on a budget, how to constrain what you do. Because no matter how much money you allocate, you will use it. It's lifestyle inflation, right? No matter how much you make, you're still always paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Right. No difference. So it's the same exact thing. Um, And that's the principle. And it comes down to the 80-20 rule. 20% of what you do provides 80% of the results. Figure out what that 20% is and go focus on that. Figure out Mm -hmm. where your wasted time is. So go back to deck building, right? If I look at a deck builder, some guys are horrible at framing out the deck, right? Right. Well, maybe you're wasting too much time framing out the deck. Sub it out. Get, Get a guy who knows how to frame decks like that sub out the framing and then you can do the finish work because you'll go faster. You'll stop wasting time. You you may not be your forte and and that's what it comes down to. So learning how to do that. Yeah. So I guess in that case, like maybe you have a greater outlay of expense, you know, they might charge as much or more than you do for what you would frame it for. They get it done a lot faster and better and you overall spend a lot less time on the job. Therefore, profitability goes up Hmm. yeah and and if they screw up they pay for it not you (laughs) because that's i mean at the end of the day you screw up and that's a total loss yeah yep that's true very true so how do we go about getting started or implementing the profit first is it is it best to to get with a professional or or just do it start off on your own you know what i i think it depends on you the biggest thing is starting. So, well, since you're all on, cons- 
are most of your listeners in construction or they're all over? Uh, a few of them, but kind of all over. All over. All right. I was going to say, you know, the construction guys go to the gym. Maybe, maybe some of the other guys do. Do you know what the heaviest weight is at the gym? I don't even. No? No. At my gym, it's the front door. It seems nobody can get through that thing. <laughs> right? So start. Right. I think that's the answer. Um, if you're new to this concept, buy the book and read it. I don't make a penny off the book. Um, Mike, Mike sells the book. You can read it. Listen to my podcast. We go through every chapter of the book and we teach our insights of of how to implement profit first. So mm-hmm. you'll get it all for free. What's if your you podcast? Sh- profit Answer Man. Profit Answer Man. OK. Yeah. And. If you need help after that, then we have tons of support that are available through us. There's other profit first professionals who can help you out. It it depends on what you need. Um, The biggest thing, though, is back to the thing. Get started. The the number one thing that that Mike sees is nobody opens the five bank accounts. And for construction, it's six. Right. You want the one for your materials and and subcontractors. So go open your bank accounts. Start taking your money as it's coming in and start divvying it up. Just do that. Mm -hmm. That's not that hard. You don't have to be an expert to do that little bit of math. Yeah. I know uh, Profit First has a bank that they work with. I think it's North One. Do do most local banks are they pretty receptive to that idea or how do you how do you work around that? So uh two things. Number one, if your bank charges for bank accounts, fire them. Right? Mm-hmm. Number two, when you go into the bank, some banks are like, Why do you need all these accounts? They think you're doing something weird. And you just look at them and go, Hey, do you tell business owners they should have a separate bank account for their sales tax? So that it's segregated there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should definitely do that. Go, well, good. That's the same concept I'm doing, except I got one for my profit and I got one for my pay and I'm buying all these materials and I want to make sure there's enough money for it. So I'm doing that. And they're like, oh, that's really smart. Where'd you learn that? <laughs> and and so usually if you explain why, they're pretty cool with it. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. How, does that increase your bookkeeping? Like how or the time no, you spend in that? It it really doesn't. People freak out. Like I've had bookkeepers and oh my God, all this extra. No. If you think about it, let's just say we have five bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Okay. All the money comes into one bank account. Well, you were gonna you were gonna put all those transactions in anyway, right? Right. Now, the only thing that you're doing differently is you're separating that money into the four accounts. That's four additional transactions. And then all the money that you were taking out, you were going to account for anyway. So right. it if you do it once a month, it's four additional transactions. If you do it twice a month, it's eight additional transactions. If your bookkeeper can't handle eight transactions, they're in the wrong business. <laughs> I mean, that's true. or even you yourself, if you can't handle that. So here's the joy of this thing, though. I want you to think about this. We're we're recording in February. I go into my QuickBooks. I hate QuickBooks, right? 
it, it's just a pain to deal with. And it tells me what I, what I did last year. And I'm like, this doesn't look right. So then I go to my income account and I just go, show me all the money that came in. And like, literally it goes, this is how much money came in last year. I'm like, that was my sales. And then I go, go to my expense account and go, how much money went out? And goes, this is how much went out and go, well, that's my expenses. And how much did I get paid? Well, just go to my paycheck account and total it up. And that's Mm -hmm. how much I got paid. And so it just, it creates simplicity and it just creates peace of mind. And it just makes life easier. And when tax time comes and the accountant goes, you owe, you know, a whole bunch in taxes, you go to the tax account and you go, oh, wow, I got a whole bunch of money in there for taxes and a little <laughs> bit more. And so you're like, here. How fortunate. <laughs> here, how fortunate. Like, that is the one thing business owners yeah. tell me. They're like, we used to dread tax time. We was always fearful of what the accountant would say. They go, now I know I can stroke a check. I'm a business mm. genius, right? Yeah. I can pay my taxes, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. Yep. One thing that you always hear when starting a business or, you know, making an or something is you have to, you have to spend money to make money. What's wrong with that? Well, who told you that? The people, <laughs> the people, yeah, everybody, because they all want you to spend money with who them, right? Mm-hmm. That's the number one line of salespeople. That's so you give them money. There are ways to do this without spending money, right? So let, let's just go back to the basics. You got to go buy materials to, to make this happen. Well, can I ask you a question? Can you work it out maybe with somebody or if you charge it or you get an account? Well, now I have 30 days to pay that bill. So I didn't have to spend money yet. If it's a mm-hmm. quick, short job, you know, I can get paid before that bill is due. Right. So- we were able to do that without it. Um, coming back to the tools, like I need a special tool for this job. Well, can I rent it? Do I have to actually go buy it? If I have to rent it, well, can I put the cost of the rental into the proposal? Mm-hmm. Right. Charge a little bit extra. Cause I know I have to rent this one specific thing. Um, again, you know, you float it if you can. Um, the other thing is just being more resourceful with the subs. It's a question of, okay, I've got this big job. If I do it myself, it's going to take 45 days. Well, I don't know how I'm going to create all this cash flow for 45 days. If the subs come in and help me out, you know, I might get the whole thing done in 15, 20 days, which really shortens my cash flow cycle. Right. Um, and being able to do that. So that's the question. It, and again, every business is different. You know, if you're in more of a retail business, is your supplier going to give you 60 days to pay them so that you have time to sell it, get paid, and then you pay them? Um, the other thing is, is, is the business spending appropriate? I think a lot of times we waste money in business. We hope. Uh, we don't actually, we don't actually sit down and say, how fast is the cash coming back? If I spend money on this today, how long till I get all that cash back? So right. take the truck. If I buy the hundred thousand dollar truck today, how long is it going to take me to sell the million dollars to get the hundred grand back to pay for the truck? Yeah. 
and wow, when that, you that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, then you, then you stop spending real quick. <laughs> yeah, is are there certain mindsets that uh, that we get around money that that hold us back from being profitable? Oh, there are. So think about it. Um, if you grew up and you were told rich people were evil, or if you were told um, you have to work hard to make money, well, then you're going to have to work hard to make money. If you grew up, you know, learning that money grew on trees, you'd just be out looking for trees. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so your your beliefs about money will drive your behaviors about money. Most mm. people probably haven't thought about them because most of these are, are formed in childhood. And unless you ask yourself, you don't know what the underlying programming is. So a right. simple question is money is, you know, hopefully on this show, money is freedom, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. There you the go. More the, better. <laughs> the more the better, right? But if you don't have that type of mentality, if you think money is bad, then anytime you get money, you're going to give it away. The other thing is everyone has a thermostat on money, right? <clears throat> I think I'm worth a hundred grand a year. Well, then you'll probably do a hundred grand a year. But if you think you're worth a half a million a year, well, then now you have a greater possibility of doing a half a million a year. Yeah. So where is your money thermostat set and is it set right? How do we, if we've grown up with the, with the mindset that money, you know, a lot of people say money is the root of all evil. Um, they, they try to quote the Bible in that, but it's the love of money. Mm -hmm. But how do you, how do you, if you've grown up with, with that mindset, how do you change it? Like, do you have any tips there? So I, I am not a mindset expert. I, I am a awareness expert to say, yeah. hey. <laughs> this is the problem you have. And I think that is the first step is awareness. And then asking yourself, is it serving you? Is it true? And then it's constantly catching yourself all the time to say, you know, am I, am I following bad programming? And can I reprogram myself? And it's not going to happen overnight. It will take time. But I think the more you look at it, the more you challenge it, the more you review it, um, the more you get comfortable with it, but you have to Ooh. challenge the beliefs. Yeah. That, I like that. Makes a lot of sense. Rocky with, with you being a profit first expert, is there a certain type of business owner that you work with specifically? So usually for our one-on-one -on -one coaching, usually we're looking for half a million up to about 20 million in revenue above 20 million. They're going to hire a CFO. Um, in that range, we can make a ton of difference. However, there are a lot of people who are in that, you know, below a half million. And a lot of them were coming to us and we're like, we don't know what to do for you. So that's where the profit blueprint came in. We've taken everything that we do for our clients. We put it into video format. We created all the Excel sheets. We actually, like you talk about money mindsets. That's one of the questions in there. Like, Tell gotcha. us your values around money. So it's prompting you to think through those questions to see if there are issues. And the Profit Blueprint comes with a ton of support. So depending on what level you come in at, we do a lot of handholding. What we have found is when you hit a friction point, most people stop. 
and with the hand holding, we get you through the friction point. So it's not gotcha. like, hey, just go watch these videos. It's like, hey, tell me about your business. What's your specific problem? Okay, we see here is the solution. Now yeah. go go fix it. Gotcha. That's that's perfect. And I've got some links here from you, but where where can people find you, connect with you, and and find that course to go through? So before they do that, can you all do me a favor? Yeah. Does Ken bring you value? Have you said thank you? Have you liked this podcast? Have you shared it with a friend? Have you have you helped somebody out and and done that for Ken? Because if you haven't, you need to do that. That's like step one. I appreciate that. Show a little love. All right. After you show a little love, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's Profit Answer Man. If you want to find the course and all of that, it's ProfitComesFirst.com. And then we also have another podcast, which is the softer side of life. You got rich, now what? And we talk about how to live the ultimate life. And that, that one's found at Richer Soul. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I'll definitely have those links in the show notes. Anything else you want to leave with us before we wrap it up today? Go take action. Like, take the first step. Whatever it is that will take you a step closer to your goal, just take the first step. You can't steer a ship in port. You got to get out into the water. Yep. That's a perfect, perfect way to end this. I appreciate your time today, Rocky. Thank you.